In this episode, I'm talking to Bruce Lunsford. He's the chairman and CEO of Lunsford Capital, a Louisville-based private investment firm. Lunsford Capital has invested in several successful companies throughout this region. He's also the former president and CEO of Vencore, the predecessor to Kindred Healthcare and the Chicago-based healthcare real estate investment trust, Ventus. Bruce, thank you so much for taking time to speak with me today. No problem. Always love to hear from you. I thought when I was putting together this podcast of speaking to successful people in the U.S. that I know that have successfully switched lanes, survived this pandemic, you immediately came to mind because I, I think of you as having a, like if I could be on Shark Tank, right, and have a one-on-one conversation, you would be the guy. And I'm just curious, over the last six months, what did you decide to do differently if anything, from a business perspective, to make sure that the businesses you support are successful. I think we all had kind of that wait a second moment when we realized that this year was just so weird and maybe we needed to switch lanes so to find success. Are there things that you can share, maybe that you you reflected upon personally and then from a business perspective? Well, I think the thing that made this the most difficult of all the ones I've seen is nobody had any idea how long it would last. And and it, it turned out to be uh, somewhat like being in detention. And and when you look at it, you, you look back and go, okay, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? And, and fortunately, most of my businesses are not really in this, uh, they're not in the sweet spot of the problems, uh, but they can be. You know, our assisted living businesses and that could have been hurt drastically. But I've got a really accomplished team led by Brian Durbin, who really do a good job, and it's 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 our number one our number one company in house, and we immediately begin to set up all kinds of of checks and balances, and it's it's turned out to be very successful for us. All but all but one of our um, facilities that had no COVIDs, and which was very important because you know, when you go into these when you go into these uh, quarantines, your loved ones get stuck almost in loneliness for fourteen days. And uh, so we were very fortunate that we were able to do that. We tested all of our employees um, every day. And uh, fortunately, it turned out really well for us in that respect. And, and we, did, we did have a p- couple of people over, you know, during the time, if, if one of our facilities had, had the, you know, two or three, four normal discharges, um, it was hard to get new people back because people were nervous. You know, people were nervous about le- leaving their home or having their relatives leave their home. And we sort of over, overcame that in most cases because we really have great, great talent in our executive directors. And our apartment buildings, the ones we had in that company, also have done pretty well. Uh, it's kind of a young base of people in, in, our, in the buildings, and so we haven't had as much problem with COVID. But it still lingers out there. This isn't going to go away right away. Uh, the thing I have noticed is it's opened a lot of opportunities in some areas, and it's been it's been pretty devastating in others, um, you know. And, and this has been compounded a little bit by, you know, by all the activity uh, that has been going on with regard to race relations, uh, especially in downtown areas. So I, I think I think in in general we've been lucky that our locations are pretty good, uh, that we haven't been caught in any of that uh, torment. And at the same time, you know, I think we've we've always had a good team of people. I've said this before, I always invest in people more than I do 
uh, financial statements. And I'm, I'm very pleased with the way everybody's handled things. When do you see kind of business in the economy not only just kind of bouncing back, but being consistent. You know, we all kind of crave the good old days, so to speak, where where things just feel consistent and solid. Well, I, this is kind of an interesting interesting period of my life. I've never really seen one like them because you know I'm I'm, I'm older older and have been through the Vietnam War and a lot of other things ever since. But the thing that makes this one unique is. Uh, we've we've had a we had a have had a government that become has become very active in business, you know, with with the reimbursements along the way here, the PPEs. But the interesting thing that I think is happening here is is that we have no idea what the impact's going to be. Uh, for instance, we're adding debt almost daily to government, uh, and I've never been a particular believer that government can solve all problems. In fact, uh, most cases outside of wars and transportation, I haven't seen many areas that they were particularly effective and usually quite ineffective. And I think this follows along that category with the political debates going on in House and Senate and all the things that have happened with the media, who has essentially, um, you know, they, they've made this a bigger swell at all times. But I think this is interesting. I read a statistic this morning that if you took the number of deaths in the country the last two years, um, you know, it's it's a you know it's a regularly consistent number, generally speaking, from old age because that's your highest highest thing uh, that, that causes it. At 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 this year at this level, we're no more than we than we've been the last two years. We're pretty consistently the same. So is this is this been has this been as big an impact as everybody has acted or not? I can't tell you because we've approached it as if it was the, the next coming of the bubonic plague. And I'm not sure if that was the right uh, attack. Um, I saw where the governor of South Dakota, you know, said that, she, you know, she thought lockdowns were useless. I don't know. Everybody's got an opinion. I don't really have one, but I have a gut re- gut feeling that we've overreacted to it. And I'm sure the ones, the people who've lost their loved ones would not, would not agree with that. But when I read about the people that I know that have, that have personally um, incurred this uh, in most cases, they were, they were situations where the person was quite elderly and where the person already had compromising issues. And, and I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful when they really finally look back and, and we're not in the battle of a political session, whether it's December or January, people will look back and say, you know, we've come a long way. We can move forward. And, you know, everybody's just got to live with a new normal. And if they do, I think I think we can put this behind us quicker. And I hope so. Looking into maybe January of next year, what kinds of businesses do you see emerging that maybe a year ago never would have been on your radar? Well, it looks to me right now that the biggest opening has occurred in restaurants because I think the restaurants are going to be hurt uh, pretty badly. And, and I would I would guess that you might see percentage as high as 40 percent of all the restaurants in the country close because of this, because they often you know operate from hand to mouth. And, uh, you know, I've been in that business a little bit, too. And I think I think you're going to see changes in the way restaurants deliver food. Um, some of it positive, you know, you know, the, the lilies, 
you know, I thought she was a terrific restaurateur for, you know, 46 years or whatever. And, you know, I was, I was picking up food there because I loved the quality of it. And Kathy, uh, you know, finally decided that, you know, this was kind of her burnout time. And I hated to see that. But one thing she did very successfully, she adapted to it by moving to a much, much lower employees, doing a lot of the work herself and still putting out the quality, but there was no, you know, no place to go sit and enjoy a relaxing meal. So I think people have gotten used to things. You know, I, I heard a great session yesterday uh, from a guy who's talked about all the changes in the last few years uh, that have occurred in, at a high rate of speed because of technology. And, and one of the things that, that, I, that I, I really got from him was that you, you've got to figure out how to run a business where you make more revenue per employee. And in doing that, you know, that's going to have some impact on, on uh, unemployment. But at the same time, you're seeing a lot of opportunities where one or two or three people, just like the podcast arena, where one or two or three people can start their business and, and do fairly well. And the other thing that's happened, I think everybody's focused on the restaurant business, but it's, it's, the, it's the suppliers who probably been hit worse. Because if you were running a farm-to-table operation or providing food to restaurants, if the restaurants are down 50%, you're probably down 50%. And they're much more expensive because you crop every year and it's like being a farmer. Uh, it's like going through a drought almost. I think that a lot of that recovery is going to be very difficult. I also think that with all the debt we're piling on the country, uh, primarily driven really, Claudia, by specific states, probably driven by, by the states like California and Florida and, and New York and all of that, where they have such, a, you know, such big economies, but on the other hand, have not been particularly, uh, particularly uh, management-oriented over the years. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate because I think their debt and the retirement debt and all that's going to add a lot to this to this whole crisis in the end. And without ever seeing that happen before, it looks like we're going to put, you know, four trillion dollars or more, you know, on debt on the debt side of government. And I just don't know how that gets paid back. Uh, and it appears on, on one hand, you know, you've got people that uh, that like to root for more taxes, and other people who say, well, why can't we manage it better? And the private sector would be forced to manage it better. I don't think government is particularly is in the same boat. Is there a particular type of industry or business that you see booming coming well, out think, of this stronger than ever? Well, I think I think it's very obvious during it. Amazon and and uh, Google and some of these technology companies have gotten better and better and, and faster and faster. And uh, you know the, the and and I I would also say that that the thing that you will see, and I saw this yesterday at Louisville's 50 fastest growing companies, that a lot of different, a lot of different players went in. Several I knew, by the way, of course, our company, Arcadia, was 11th fastest growing company, uh, you know, of, of the companies in the, in the fast 50. And I think a lot of them were, had a lot of things in common. You know, they, they had lean and mean, you know, headquarters. A lot of them were service businesses because you still have to have public accounting and still have to have lawyers and all of these things, but I think it's I think it's important that you just learn to manage efficiently. Uh, and there are a lot of tools available to do that. I mean, look, look at all you do today. I mean, you know, 25 years ago, you know, what you're doing now as a podcast wasn't even around uh, to amount to anything. And all of a sudden, it's become a nice business for people, um, great startup businesses. And you know, I think I think the people who 
who have uh, the instincts and the skill set have done very well. And, you know, one of the companies that um, that, we're, that we invested in that I like, young man, 28, 29 years old, started Podchaser. And, you know, he's he's done a great job of keeping track, you know, of the news, who's, you know, who's number one, number two, number three, and all of that. And he's a very talented guy. And he's operating with four or five people spread around all over the world because they can do that now. And I, I, that, I, that I think is the biggest change is that people are learning how to use information uh, without necessarily building a, a, you know, without having to build corporate operations. So the good side of that is a lot of people can operate from home and they can do it more efficiently. You don't need as much office space, uh, including, you know, people who, who, you know, teach, uh, you know, teach yoga and and, uh, personal training and stuff. But the other side of that coin which we don't know yet, what does that mean to not have the interaction? What does that mean not to have that? You know, it may be that you have to operate with monthly retreats or, you know, something like that. So you get that, but at the same time can operate from at home. And from what I've heard of people who've done a lot of it, um, they say it's pretty efficient and they can, they're, they're more happy because if they get hungry, they can go eat. If, if they want to meet a friend, they can just go do it. And I think a lot of that stuff, it's going to have an impact. I don't know how many people had experiencing experience managing that, but I think they're going to learn in a hurry. Switching gears to the Ludsford Scholars Program that you established last year at the University of Kentucky, uh, helping young people, giving them the means to explore their passion for public service. What was um, the inspiration for that? And have you had a chance to speak with any of the students within the program to check in on them and see what it is they're doing now? Well, well, the inspiration is pretty easy because I went to Chase Law School and I went to the University of Kentucky. I went to Chase Law School and worked full time. And, and I started the program up there uh, several years ago, the Academy of, of Law, Business and Technology, designed on the same program. And we've had it about six or seven years, and it's been phenomenal. I mean, they have attracted people to their law school just on that program. And, and the ones that have, that have gone through it and graduated all have gotten jobs and, and appear to be doing very, very well in their careers. And, and I, think, I think it's the same thing. When you focus and concentrate, something works. Uh, there's an excellent arts and sciences department at the University of Kentucky, um, and they, they've got great talent there. And so that's how we designed the program. So we designed it as opposed to being law business technology, designed it to be really about, you know, I believe arts and science education as a general education is better than all the others because you can always specialize later. And, and it's, it's a, it's a natural epicenter to get people to do things like some are going to go to Washington, some are going to go overseas and all that. It doesn't take a lot of money per student to do that as an add on. And I think I think there's 20 some in the going to be in the first program. And this is it's happening right now. So I think it's off to a terrific start. Got a great, uh, great person running it. I just I feel like I've, I've made another good decision like I did at Chase. Bruce, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Always good to hear from you. Take care. Good luck to you and your business budding career here. I think Thank you're going you. to do very well. All right. You know, like you said, there's just this great ability to do things remotely, speak to people all over the, you know, the country, the world, and to connect with people and, and to gain their insight. And you certainly provided a great deal of insight this morning. 
Well, and, and as I said, it's I, I wish you the best of luck. And uh, I, you know, I see a lot of good. You know, we, one of our local companies, Go Wild, is is really doing a great job of of using the podcast originally. And you know, they they represent a lot of industries out there that that have kind of that really don't have a centerpiece to go. And I think they're going to do very well. So I think this is a this is a booming area. So I think you'll do fine. Much success in 2021, right? <laughs> Same to you, okay? You take, take care, care, Bruce. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Conversations with Coffee. A special thank you to my guest, Bruce Lunsford, for speaking to me on this week's episode. If you have ideas for an upcoming guest or you'd like to be a sponsor, just send me an email at lcmediaconsulting at gmail.com.